sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. She is you. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. She is true. She is brave. She is brave. She is bold. She is bold. She is you. You're tuned in to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Jeanette Paxia, and this is Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. And my sole purpose is to support others in living a life that makes them happy, because life is really too short to live unhappily. The reason that I'm doing this show is because when I was a nurse on the floor, working on the floor, I had all of these patients who had so many stories to share, and it made me sad that nobody was hearing them. These stories were stories that could change people's lives. It was experiences in times where we would never be able to experience them. That's why I'm doing this show. Today's guest is Sharifa Hardy. You know, social media is honestly not one of my most favorite places to hang out, but I'm choosing to find the gratitude in the connections I've made through social media. And my guest today is one of those people. Sharifa wears many hats. But one of the things that strikes me the most about her is her pure determination to help people. I have been privileged to be a guest on her show, and now I'm happy that she is joining us today to share with us some of her most extraordinary parts of her life. Well, hello, Sharifa. How are you today? I am fine. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm honored to be here. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today and share some of your wisdom with our audience. I usually start with, if you could just tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Well, once upon a time, back in Sicily. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know. How did you know my family was from Sicily? <laughs> you know, I'm a Golden Girls fan. I have to have some, some fun, you know. But I love Golden Girls. I always say I'm just multifaceted, and I say that with so much humility. But I've done so much as far as the different areas and the avenues, even where I started to where I am now. But it started when I built my first website website in 1994. That's what started it all. And the reason I did that simply came down to I wanted to work from home. I was a teenage mom, had my daughter when I was 18 years old, and I felt like if a daycare or child care center could be paid to watch my child, then why couldn't I just watch my child myself? I wanted to be there to watch my children take their first steps, say their first words, and really be a part of their lives. I never wanted to be one of those people who spent eight hours or eight and a half hours or even 10 hours at a job and then have a commute, you know, so basically you're gone away from your family 10, 12 hours a day. And I wanted to be at home and I really wanted to be present. So back in 1994, I knew then that the internet was the only way for me to be able to work from home and to be able to make money and take care of my family. And so that's what I focused on. So now in 2021, I still do website design, but that's few and far between. I spend the majority of my time helping business owners, helping entrepreneurs. I'm the president of the Black Chamber of Commerce here in Long Beach. I'm running for Senate in 2024. And the most of that focus is, again, helping small business owners, helping entrepreneurs become small business owners because businesses are the heart of America. And we all know what happens to the body when the heart stops. So I try to keep America and our blood pumping so that we can continue to grow. I love so many things about what you just said. For one thing, many of our audience 
members at Word of Mom Radio are moms, are families who have chosen to choose other careers so that they could stay home with their family or they work their schedule around their family. So I think a lot of our audience is going to be able to connect with you on that. Now you slipped in there running for Senate. I think we're going to have to talk a little bit about that before this show ends. That's so exciting, especially if you're going to be supporting businesses like mine, small businesses, we need it very much so right now. But I'm going to start with, if you could go back today and give your 12-year-old self advice, what would it be? Oh, I love that question. It would really be just trust yourself, believe in yourself. Because, you know, when I was building my first website and I was going through this entire process, there were people in my family who said that I was lazy and that I didn't want to work. Because back in those days, if you didn't leave the house, if you didn't physically go to work, you were lazy. So they figured, oh, she just want to lay around the house. She doesn't want to do anything. And to a certain extent, I listened to those people. And I would tell little 12-year-old Sharifa, don't listen to anybody. God gave you get that vision to you. It was not a conference call. So everybody is not there to see the vision for your life. And I think at an earlier age, if I would have pushed harder, I would be a lot more further along than I am now. But there's so many lessons you learned along the way, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But believing in yourself is important. I believe that we have our sole purpose. And for some of the some of us, that was when I was a nurse on the floor, that was my sole purpose at that time. You know, we have those essential workers right now. There's so many of us out there that make the world go round. And for some of us, that's working from home or starting our own businesses or being an entrepreneur for whatever reason. So believing in yourself is a base for all of that. Maybe, you know, your parents think that you should be a lawyer, but you really want to, you know, work somewhere else to do something else. Follow your intuition and your sole purpose and those be happier in life. So I love that. Believe in yourself. Yes, I would definitely agree. And I'm sure that you have had a ton of accomplishments. But if you were going to pick your top one or two, what would those be? My top one is always the same, and that is just raising happy kids. You know, my children are 24 and 27 now, and they're healthy, they're happy, they're not, don't have criminal records, don't have drug habits, you know, and I, I can, I have raised children who have been able to help society, just good people, and that makes me proud because as a parent, I believe that sometimes our biggest fear is watching our children go through different situations, and you're like, oh my God, they're in, they're in pain, or they're in this situation, and you want to help them. So my proudest accomplishment is always just that my kids are happy. And it, you, you do have that fear. And I, I've said a couple of times on this show, when you have kids, it's kind of like your heart is outside of your body now. Part of your heart is out walking around. And yes. you want them to experience stuff because you want them to learn from it. But then you don't want them to experience it because you know they're going to go through pain. And watching them in pain is so difficult. And Absolutely. all you can do is offer them the lessons and hope they take them. And the ones that they don't, they have to learn on their own, which can be really difficult. <laughs> really difficult. What were some of the obstacles you had to overcome to achieve your accomplishment? I have been laid off eight times. You know, and that's a literal number. You know, people think I just kind of round it off and say, oh, well, you know, a lot of, no, I have been laid off eight times. You know, I lost everything I own, but the clothes on my back, that's the car, you know, all the clothes, shoes, everything. I've lost everything, you know, so it takes a lot to lose everything and then just keep standing to keep going. So those things were definitely obstacles, but I learned so much. I used to be ashamed to a certain extent and I would feel like, oh my God, nobody's going to hire me. They're going to look at it and say, 
or she doesn't stay at jobs long, that kind of thing. And then what I, I went to an interview and a gentleman looked at my resume and he said, wow, you have the resume of an engineer because you have so many different diverse skills. And when he brought that to my attention, all of a sudden it was like, yeah, you know, I, I do have a lot of different skills. You know, I can network a computer. I can do social media marketing and do the SEO on your website. You know, it's so many different things that I have the ability to do, but that's because each job was different. My first job out of high school was working for TWA, for Trans World Airlines. You know, just being a customer service reservationist, making reservations for people traveling, you know, for TWA. But that skill set still still use that today. The customer service training I had, you know. So he chose to find the positive on your resume instead of turning it around and say, Well, you've been in a lot of jobs, you know, what's going on? Can you not keep a job? Or, you know, he found all of the positive on that, and then you were able to take that and yes. use that as a positive. Because I believe yes. all of those skills that we learn can serve us in our jobs later. I think that the reason we were put there was so that we can learn from it and take that and use that. Because you need customer service in what you're doing now. You will definitely need customer service in Senate. That's that's really important. And in every piece of life, if you cannot serve customers, just in general life, even the way you treat the person at the grocery store or airline people right now, I think are not treated well. So how, how do you treat them, right? right? All of that, you can use that in life. No, I definitely agree. I, I see it all the time, especially you mentioned grocery stores. When I go to the grocery store or any type of retail store, one of the things I expect is to be greeted warmly. You know, I was a trainer. I taught sales. I taught customer service. And everything starts with the greeting, the initial greeting. Even this show started off with your greeting to the audience, making them feel welcome, drawing them in. So any business, it doesn't have to be just, you know, airline reservations or a computer business. Every business, the basis of any business and every business is customer service because without your customers you have no business you have no job you have no business whenever I was training I always tried to explain that to the employees you know you may have a bad day at home but when you come in here you're here to serve the customers and if you treat them rudely you may not have customers and then you may not have a job and when I see somebody at a grocery store or anywhere anywhere in customer service and they're treating me rudely I actually try to turn it around on them I will address them by name I will be extra I'll kill them with kindness and sometimes it's just because the way they've been treated by people all day long. That's the yeah. reason that, you know, they're that way. But you don't know. You don't know what's going on in their life. Right. I think kindness in any situation is is important. We need to be kind. We're all stressed right now about the pandemic and the flu season coming up and, you know, the natural disasters. I mean, here in California, where, you know, we have the fires. But what good yes. thing can you can come from that? What positive can you find in your day? And one of those is being kind to people. Yes. Kind, kindness goes far. Yes, and compassion is the highest form of love. I like that. And that's what I always say. When I see someone, you know, it's just like I always try to remember therefore the grace of God goes on. I could be in that situation. I could be going through whatever it is that they're going through you know so I have to be compassionate love them you do I mean you can't judge a book by its cover either I mean you just don't know what's going on with them and you have not stepped in their shoes and so you don't know what what's going through their mind or what's going through their life exactly <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things it sounds like that you're proud of but what's something that very few people know that you're proud of something you've done or you know in your past Something that I've done that I'm, I'm proud of. Whatever I mean, you're proud of that few people know or be surprised to know. See, that's what I think I'm an open book. So many people, you know, <laughs> I tell so many different stories. I don't, I don't really think there's anything that that will surprise people that I'm proud of. 
I think more than anything else, because it's, it's just coming down to the, I'm proud that I'm still standing, that I'm still here. You know, I've gone through situations. I've been divorced twice. Like I said, I've been homeless, laid off eight times. There are people who those situations would have killed them, you know, and I did those situations sober. So that's really just what I'm proud of is that I, I'm just here and I'm still standing. You're still moving one foot in front of the other and just even if it's small steps moving forward. Yes. You're still here and you're still moving. And it's how you react to these situations that that really determines the outcome. It's how you react when you get laid off. Maybe it was a door closing because another door needed to open. Absolutely. You never know. And sometimes you don't ever know. Sometimes you do find out years later. I mean, I look back at times where I was laid off or, you know, left a job and I thought, this is the end of the world. I mean, I just, what am I going to do? And then something came to me that I had no idea was coming. Yes. I want to uh, kind of swing back to the whole Senate thing. Since we're talking about something that you're proud of, I think this would be a good time to talk a little bit about your ideas and, and what you need for the Senate race. So, you know, what what can we help you with in that? What people can help me with if they're, I won't even say if they're, because it's, it, for District 33 in Long Beach. I won't even say if you're in Long Beach or if you're in that area, but if you know anyone in that area or if you're on one of my social media accounts and you want to share any of the information. But my focus for Senate is I ran for city council in 2020, in 2020 and I didn't win that seat, but I still felt that there was more to do, that I still had to make a difference in some form of fashion. And so for me, Senate was the next logical step. So just being supportive, you know, that's the main thing that anybody else can do. Okay, good. I actually went to Long Beach City College for a little bit. I love Long Beach. And so I'll think of anybody I know in the area because I know that there's some people I know in the area and I will definitely share that with them. Oh, thank you. Yes, I love Long Beach. People, that's my joke because people will say, you never leave Long Beach. And I will say, have you been Long Beach? Like, have you been right. to Long Beach? You know, because once you, Why would here, you? I just love it. I just love it so much here. There's culture here. The Queen Mary is here, Aquarium of the Pacific. If you want to go on a cruise from anywhere in the Long Los Angeles area, you have to leave out of the port of Long Beach, Carnival cruise ships, that whole area. So I just love my city. I love being able to walk to the beach in a matter of minutes. And the beach and the air is and it's just so refreshing. Sometimes I just go down to the beach to meditate. So again, with Senate, my focus is on creating jobs. Everything I do is about creating jobs. The homelessness in Long Beach is atrocious. In general, I, I believe in America, but it, yeah. it's, I, I came outside my house the other day and I'm an early port person. It was about four o'clock in the morning and my huge, you know, city trash can is behind my house. And I go to put the trash in the trash can and I look down and I see these little white feet and I'm like, ah! and I run back in the house and, <laughs> um, and then I, it hit me. It literally hit me. I'm like, there's someone sleeping behind my house, you know? And again, I, I went there for the grace of God, go I, you know, in any of my situations, I could have been that person sleeping outside, trying to find a little space where you're not in anybody's way, you're not bothering anybody, you're not noticing anybody. I'm pretty sure by the time the sun came up, they, you know, they got up and left before anyone can notice them. It's just that I came out so early. But it's just like all of these situations, there is help, there is ways, and I just want to be a part of the change and the difference. And we do need to figure out something because, you know, we that there shouldn't be people having to find a place to sleep where they feel safe in the streets. Um, California in general, we have a large population of homeless people. Actually, where I live is a very uh, large population. My son asked me, well, why do you think California has 
such high population of homeless people. And I said, well, Los Angeles, I think a lot of people go there to try to make it big and be actors and actresses. And then if you're going to be homeless, you might as well stay in Los Angeles where it's warm and not go back to like, you know, Minnesota, right? Yeah, Even but if the, you can't get there. But, yeah, but part of that other reason is that the, a lot of the other states will send people, they'll give you a one, a free one-way bus ticket to California. And it's for I didn't same. know that. Yeah, absolutely. They'll send you to California for that same exact reason, because in other states, you will literally freeze to death. If you try to sleep overnight on some bus bench or some um, park bench or whatever it is, and it's the dead of winter, you will die. So they will send you to California because if nothing else, you will live. You know, so what happens and one of the main reasons we have high homelessness is not only the people coming here, but the cost of living is so high in California is the number two highest DMA next to New York. New York is number one. Everything's more expensive in New York City, but here in California, you're not going to freeze to death. You know, so if you come out here and a one-bedroom apartment is $2,500, maybe you're getting a check. Maybe you got SSI. Maybe you're getting whatever. So maybe you even have a $2,000 check, okay? That's $2,000, but it's not enough for you to go and get an apartment. So what do you do? Do you go? Because what people, a lot of people are doing here, they're just going to get RDs. Like, that's the thing here. They're like, you know what? I can just get an RV because I still have my check. I still have some money coming in, but it's not enough for me to get an apartment. Or maybe they do get $2,000 or maybe they get $1,500 and they're able to find an apartment for $1,200. But that means you have $300 to last for 30 days. So it's people say, you know what? That's enough for food. Right. Mm -hmm. So they just go get them a tent and they're content. That's why it's so hard to rehabilitate people because you can't just rehabilitate, rehabilitate that person's problem. You have to fix society as a whole. And if people can't afford to live and they can't afford to die, then they'll, you know, they'll figure out some other way. So if you're talking to business owners or, you know, people like people like me, what can I do to help the situation? Is there anything that you think that I could do if you were to give advice on that? I would say become successful. And, and that seems to be the, you know, the most interesting, weird answer. But what I think most people forget, especially most business owners, that businesses are created to have employees. That's the point of a business. I see so many mom and pop or one person solopreneurs who they've been in business for 25, 35 years, but for 20, 35 years, it's just them. They haven't expanded. They haven't grown. So my focus, again, is on creating jobs. So grow your business, expand, ask yourself the question, what can you delegate? Are there jobs and tasks that you're doing that you can literally hire somebody else to do? That's one reason why I love going to small corner stores and patronizing those businesses. And people will say, okay, you know what, I'll go to this corner store and it'll cost $10 for a roll of paper towels. And I could go to the larger store and I can get that same package for $6. I'm like, okay, but with that smaller business, every purchase you make is helping them to remain in business. It's not just some corporate giant trying to figure out how to get to Mars. You know, it's actual people who are on the ground trying to grow these businesses. That's why I love going to farmer's markets and purchasing, you know, as much as I can to support. These are local farmers out there, and they have taken the time to bring their produce to this market so that you can have fresh produce and support them. So I, I 
totally agree with you and whatever we can do to support local businesses and of course be successful and then delegate. You don't have to do everything yourself. There's other people that can do it. You can use your skills in a different area and you can hire someone to do that. And then you have the time to focus on growing your business in a different way while they do something that you can delegate. That can be really hard to learn that lesson. Yes. You know, but businesses are created to create jobs, to feed families. And I believe that's Mm -hmm. the most important thing. If you're unable to feed your, your family, I mean, you have to, you know, if a, if you cannot feed your family through a legal way, there are many people who turn to other options. And that's why I always try to, like, how can I help? What can we do? How can we help your business? Because, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. And the last thing you want is anyone to be in that, that type of mindset. Definitely. And I'm going to let the audience think about that for a second. We are going to take a quick break and say thank you to our sponsors, and we'll be right back on Word of Mom Radio. She is brave. She is strong. She is you, because you're that woman who's got a product or a service that you're looking to promote, or you're out there seeking to support other women in business to help women learn, network, and build the businesses of their dreams, because when you win, we win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some, The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404. Or go to no such thing as a bully.com. Don't let the name fool you because stadiumbags.com has a line of clear bags that enable you to use your phone and your smart devices without removing them from your bag. Not only that, but the product is so good it'll stand up to the cleaning solvents that you need to use now to make sure that when you come home, you come home safely. So take a look at stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we're your clear choice, because safety, it's in the bag. And we are back here on Word of Mom Radio, and we are talking to Sharifa Hardy. We've had some great conversations, given the audience some things to think about and ways that they can help. Each one of us, you know, we add to the world, and, you know, what makes the world go around is all of our different skills. You've given us a lot to think about. Because there's so many different areas in the world and many different areas, I'm guessing, even though you said you don't leave Long Beach that much, I'm sure that you've traveled a little bit. What would you say that your favorite place to live or have favorite place that you've been to? Is? Again, my, my I've, traveled, I've been to just about every state in the U.S. If I wanted to go to that state, I, I've been there. For some reason, you know, God forgive me, but I just never felt the need to go to North Dakota. Never been there. <laughs> None of those, right? 
But uh-huh. I, I spent four years with TWA flying for free as a non-rev employee. So I, every weekend, every time I had an off day, I was on the plane somewhere. If it was in New York City, Washington, D.C., you know, Chicago. I love cities with culture. I love places where you can learn something. But my favorite place out of everywhere in the United States is California. I love California. I was born in Washington, D.C. I spent my childhood in Columbus, Ohio. In 1995, I moved back to Washington, D.C. because I wanted to be in my birthplace. And then the blizzard of 96 hit and I was staying in my house and TWA, they were calling me and they said, Sharifa, why aren't you at work? And I said, the snow is waist high. And they said, I know, but why aren't you at work? And I said, okay, but the snow mm-hmm. is waist high. And they said, well, you need to come to work. I said, no, you need to book me a ticket back to California because they had this clause to wherever you transfer. Because I used to work at Ronald Reagan Airport that if you didn't like it, you can transfer back within six months. So I transferred back to California. I bought California some roses and some candy, got some champagne, and I, I apologized. I said, I'm sorry, California. I will never leave you again. It's me forever, <laughs> forever, ever. And so I was born in California, and there's a, there's, they say there's like a curse on our town that you, if you leave, you'll come back. And yes. so here I am. I'm back again, even though I lived in Cleveland, Ohio. So similar to you, you were not too far in Columbus yes. for 10 years. And the reason I left, the final reason I left. Love the change of seasons and I love that first snow. But we had three days of negative 30. There was ice in my house and the snow was up to the top of my garage. And as a nurse at the time, you have to go to work. You have to find a way. And I said, you know what? I don't want to deal with this anymore. And so similar reasons. You know, I'm back, um, back to California through Memphis, which is a long story we won't go through. But it's funny how, you know, we have these similar situations. Yes. I can almost guess that it's been a lot of defining moments that we've talked about, but if you were to say a defining moment that you've experienced that changed the whole outcome of your life, where you had to make a choice, you know, do I do this or do I do that? And that defining moment was the moment that changed your life. What would you say that would be? I would say that was when we did the Punch TV Studios IPO in 2016. It was the initial public offering. Everybody thought we were crazy. I was only working on sweat equity. I had didn't have a salary, wasn't making any money. I was driving basically later in the day as an Uber driver and working during the day to build this company. And we raised $6 million. We grew the company, took a social media from zero to about 30,000 followers initially. And I was like, yes, we did it. We made it. You know, so I was proud that I didn't just take the tried and true. And I think that's the theme that's in my life is that there were jobs where I was like, okay, I could go to this job because people are like, oh, well, you can always go to the post office or, you know, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want to work at the post office. Because I knew it would just be day in, day out of mail in some, whether it's sorting it or delivering it. I always loved a challenge. So I think it's always my career where other people would have taken the, the tried and true or taken the safe route where I said, you know what, even now I have a new television network that I launched in March, ITTV, Intellectual Television, the IT Network, the IT place to be for business, finance, entrepreneurship, content that makes you think. There were people who would never have created their own network, launched their own network. We're going into production. 
October 19th on our first show, Build My Brand, helping artists, entertainers, people who want to work on their brand. And I, and I don't think not many people would have done that. They would have said, you know what, when, when you get $5 million or when you get more content, then let's do something. And I'm always, there's an article in the Long Beach Post where it talks about Sharifa Hardy, the queen of DIY in business. Because I go to my network and I go to people and I say, this is what I want to do. Do you want to participate? Do you want to help? You know, your audience will be able to look forward to seeing you on the show. You know, so some people want to support, but no matter what, I still move forward because I ask for help and I ask for for support. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just do it myself. And so I'm really proud of the accomplishments I had in my career, running for city council, publishing three books. You know, I've never waited around for anybody to hand me anything, to give me anything. I would literally have starved to death waiting for other people to come in to either try to save me or sustain me. I just do it myself. I'm a lot the same way. People have looked at me and said, you're doing what? (laughs) And I'm, you know what? I'm just going to do it. It's something that I know I need to do. I follow my intuition. Oh, my sole purpose is helping people. And so I continue to move forward. And more people would say, well, wait a second. You can't do that. For one thing, I don't, can't is not a word of my vocabulary. I choose not to, or I choose to, not I can't. And someone tells me that I can't do something, actually, that spurs me to to do it anyway. In fact, and to say, you know what? Yes, I did do it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for believing in me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yes, but the the key there is that one thing that people don't accept, which is true, no matter if you accept it or not, is that everything in life is a choice. It's a decision. You know what I mean? And people believe Mm -hmm. that, oh, that life is more happenstance than it really is. And And it's really not. There's a destiny. There's a plan for your life and all of that. But each and every way you have free will, you have the choice. And most people just get get scared or get afraid and they don't take those next steps. So those are things that I try to do is just take the next step to be or to go wherever it is that to go in my life. In our Canfield training, we talk about E plus R equals O and my audience has probably heard this a few times, but it doesn't hurt to hear it again. Event plus response equals outcome. Your power is your choice, your response, because you can choose how to respond to any situation. And that's the only thing that changes that outcome is your response. And that is choice. You choose how to respond to every situation, and that is your power. So having that power, and if you focus on the fact that you have that power to choose, and no matter what people are telling you, you can or choose not to do, it's your choice. Yes, ma'am. As we wrap up today, what advice do you have to help our audience live extraordinary lives? Wow, that's deep. Like, that's just, you just hit me with a general, just how to make yes. people's lives better. You sure you want me to answer that question? <laughs> I do want you to answer that question. Your <laughs> audience is not going to like me anymore. They're going to say, Sharifa Hardy, who is that lady? <laughs> I don't I, think so, but. <laughs> seriously, seriously. But I would go back to the advice in the conversation that we just had. Just accept as true, accept as fact that whatever your life is right now, right here at this moment is that is because that's the life that you chose. Whatever it is, whether it's the best life in the world or or a life where you're like, uh, I really don't want this life. It's the life that you chose. And I'm not talking about from a metaphysical, because you know, spiritual aspect. We can already go there. We can always go there. But what I'm saying is whatever you're doing at this moment, whether you're working at a job you love or a job you hate, 
is because that's what you are choosing to do. If you want something different, then choose something different. I always say choose higher. Choose the highest. What is the best possible outcome in this situation? And I'm a very spiritual person, so I always ask God for my heart's desire or something better because I accept that whatever I have right now is because that's what I have chosen. I don't blame anybody. I don't look outside of it. I don't say, you know what, I really wanted a Mercedes, but I'm going to go with this Pinto. No, that's the car that I chose. I can have anything in the world that I want. Scripture says it is my pleasure to give you the kingdom. So if you don't have the kingdom, then whose fault is that? Those are the things that I try to keep in mind. And it's not a judgment. It's just that one thing that I know to be true is that most people settle. They look at life and they go, you know what? This is the best job I can get. You know, I really would like to make 50000 a year, but I'm okay with 25000 Or I would really love to have a company or a corporation with 500 employees, but a company with just me is okay. I always look at what it takes to get wherever I want to go. And then I just think, like with my son, my son um, graduated high school, really wanted to be a lawyer. He wanted to help defend people, especially black people who have been convicted in the criminal system. And he asked me, he said, mom, do you think I can do it? I said, okay, let's Google it. And he's like, we're going to Google if I can do it? I said, no, we're going to Google how many (laughs) other people have done it. Right. So if the possibility exists, why can't you do it? Why can't you have the life that you want? Those are the questions. You know, what's the obstacle? Once you figure out the obstacle and the plan, then you make the necessary changes to get where you want to go. Most people aren't willing to take that risk, give up where they are, and to really focus on what they want with blinders on. You start with the end in mind and then you work backwards. What do you need to get it? And I don't think that that's harsh. If it makes somebody think about where they're at now and find a new path or really find their sole purpose, take that time to meditate and try to figure out, because I believe if you're aligned with your sole purpose, you're happy. Yes. And, and, you know, that doesn't mean everybody has to believe that, but I believe that if you're doing what you were here to do and if you are really living that life, you're going to be happy because you're living what aligns with your values, your goals, you know, what you think you feel, and you're going to come home happy and then your whole whole life is going to be happier and you know I have a poster here that says when you do what you love everything else falls into place and I really believe doing what you love because most of us work more hours than you know we're home right you work a lot of hours during the week or especially if you own your own business not everybody you know you get to the point where you may have more time off but during those times don't you want to enjoy it as much as you can so I don't think that was harsh at all I mean it's a lesson people can take it or leave it I don't think it it was harsh but I think the, the way it comes off as far as harsh is that people don't necessarily want to believe that wherever they are right now in this moment is their choice. When I first started being a business consultant somewhere around 2008, 2009, I was naive. I used to believe people when they told me, oh, Sharifa, I hate my boss. I hate my coworker. I hate my commute. I want to be self-employed. I want to create my own business because, you know, I don't like where I'm working. I'm not making, they don't even have to hate it. Maybe they just want more of a salary and make more money, you know, and I would bend over backwards and I try to help them and convince them and do presentations. And you know what? 20, 30 years later, those those people are still at the same job because there's something in them that they don't believe that they can have something better or something different. And whatever reason, you know, some people say, because maybe that job has great health insurance. They stay for whatever it is. But for somebody who truly wants to change their life, the first step is acknowledging that whatever you are, whatever situation you are in currently is because of some choice you made at some point. And 
I agree with that. I, and it's one of the things that I teach in the, with the success principles. I hope that as an audience, you were able to get what you needed from that and really move forward. And if you want to make that change, step one, what can you do to make that change? Yes. Well, I want to thank Sharifa for being on. And I want to thank you all for listening today. We are going to close the show out with our theme song from Smith Sisters Bluegrass. So on behalf of everyone here at Word of Mom Radio, this is Jeanette Paxia saying, make it a miraculous day. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true.